I've been invited to speak today about Transylvanian Unitarianism because your church has embarked on establishing a partnership with a Transylvanian congregation in Bordos. We are all grateful to Sam Berliner, who lit the chalice for planting those seeds here in Cambridge. Your decision to take this on holds wonderful possibilities for you. There are hundreds of North American UUs who will say with me that being in partnership has transformed their lives. Today I am describing one of the possibilities of partnership, how it could deepen your faith if that is what you want it to do. In the mid-1500s, David Ferens, known to us as Francis David, the Transylvanian theologian, minister, and founder of the world's first Unitarian congregations, declared, faith is a burning kiss from God. What he meant by those provocative words has been a burning question for me ever since I first heard them. When my San Jose congregation's first partner church minister visited us in Northern California, it was 1992 and his name was Kazhani Yozhev, known to us as Joseph Kazhani. We held four different evening gatherings so Joseph could answer questions about village life in Romania and explore with as many of our members as possible the ways our partnership with the Homeroad San Martin Unitarians might develop. In answer to being asked, what has surprised you the most about the American UUs you are meeting, Joseph answered, I am beginning to wonder if Unitarian Universalists, religious beliefs and congregational life play too small a part in your lives. Why do you hold your faith so far from the center of your life? Five and a half centuries after Francis David, here was another Transylvanian Unitarian talking to us about faith. I reacted quite defensively to Joseph's challenging question, why do you hold your faith so far from the center of your life? Though it often stretches me in demanding ways, I strive, as I'm sure many of you do, to live by my Unitarian Universalist principles. I know its value, and I am loyal to it. Truly, it is central to who I am. But by the next day, when I had calmed down, I had to admit that for me, being a Unitarian Universalist did have more to do with my deeply rooted social values and my profession of ministry than with my soul. If I had a serious health decision to make, I went for help to a doctor or a therapist, not to my church. If I had had a financial crisis or windfall, I would not discuss it with my colleagues. And it would never occur to me then to pray about any of it. Joseph's question made me realize that there were too many important areas of my life where I might look more for comfort than for principled guidance from my faith and my church. And where was God in my life? Certainly not at the center. Joseph was right. I was holding my faith at arm's length. 
that conversation was definitely a wake-up call for me and for many of us in the partner church movement. Joseph and I have continued to talk for nearly two decades about what he means by faith and holding faith at the center of one's life. Conversations like this are one of the great gifts of, of partnership made possible by the hard work of all the Transylvanian ministers to learn to understand and speak English. Joseph says that for him, the most important thing, he says, is that my Unitarian faith inspires me to be my best self. As a Transylvanian Unitarian, I do not act in expectation of reward or of making the wheel of history turn. When my life holds little hope, my faith is what draws me again into living optimistically. My optimism rests on trusting the teachings of Jesus as a guide for my life. Living faithfully gives me the satisfaction of knowing I have been true to my principles and strong in my commitments, that I have lived with integrity, have chosen day after day to do what is right, always supported by a just and loving God. If that is what the Transylvanians mean by faith, did I want it for myself? And did I want to hold it at the center of my life? Knowing the satisfactions of living optimistically and by one's principles without expectation of a heavenly reward sounds very much like a typically Unitarian Universalist approach to me. The big differences are that we do expect our good works to affect the course of history. And those of us who feel supported by a just and caring God keep pretty quiet about it. While other UUs who yearn to overcome their skept our skeptical approach to the divine, enough to feel the ongoing presence of a just and living God, as Joseph described it, are definitely in for a struggle with both other UUs and with themselves. Marilyn Sewell, the recently retired minister of our largest UU congregation, the one in Portland, Oregon, says that whenever knowledge is insufficient, we turn to faith because faith lodges in a different and deeper place, place from knowing. Faith does not mean, she says, a belief but a decision to trust in a mystery that lodges all through and beyond us, a mystery that is absolutely unknowable. After two decades of debating about faith with Joseph, it has become clear to me that the Transylvanian Unitarian's faith is indeed a great gift. It was the Transylvanian's faith that kept them hopeful and protected in Romania as they struggled to survive 40 years under one of history's most oppressive governments. Their faith kept them honest through decades of rampant corruption. It was their refuge when their dark times were very deep. When life puts us in the trenches of loss, injustice, or death, we need a faith that is our own, that reflects our true beliefs and values. I want my faith and my church community to be like that. I want to trust that it will get me and the congregations I serve through our hard times.
Joseph was just one of many, of many Transylvanians who felt that we hold our faith too far from the center of our lives. When a visitor tried to explain to two elderly Transylvanian women why their North American partner church no longer shared communion, one of them asked with deep concern, how can you live without the sustaining joy and comfort of sharing the Lord's Supper? Her friend began to weep for her partner church in the United States that had lost so much. They, who appear to us to have so little, clearly saw American UUs as impoverished. Do you think we are spiritually impoverished? Slowly, we came to understand that the Transylvanians' faith is more than Joseph's conscience and inspiration, and it is more than the old women's sustaining care and protective refuge. It is more because their burning kiss comes to them from God. The Transylvanian Unitarians are not a God-fearing people. They are a God-connected people. But when it came to God connection, I had always had, as our youth would say, a woulda, coulda, shoulda, didn't approach. So I wondered, can we be filled with the Transylvanians' kind of faith if we didn't opt for the God-connected part? Actually, there had been one time when a surprising and powerful God connection swept through me. It was during my ordination. The church sanctuary was filled with UU members, my friends and family, who all began to pray for me and my ministry. In that moment, I believed in their trust, and I was flooded with the power of their life-giving love. I knew that we were one, one not only with each other, but with God. And I believed that overwhelming moment of spiritual connection, like ordination itself, was a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. And then there was a second time, the day when the power of faith moved from being a once-in-a-lifetime event to an everyday one for me. It happened while a feeble winter sun cast long shadows across the historic homesteads of Concord, Massachusetts, and in the midst of that most mundane of our religious institutions, a board meeting. Kinga Reka Seke, the Transylvanian minister who serves in Home Road St. Peter up the road from Home Road St. Martin, was studying in the United States and happened to have joined us. Unfortunately, it was for the afternoon when our Unitarian Universalist Partner Church Council board was locked in battle over a highly contentious section of our agenda. Someone invited Kinga to say a few words to close our work. She broke into a broad smile and said, I will gladly pray for you. I can see you need it. <laughs> Kinga prayed in Hungarian, but in the saying and the hearing, while holding hands with the colleagues that I had been angrily struggling with just moments before, I was swept up in the same earth-shaking conviction I had felt at my ordination 
that I was deeply connected to everyone in the room, that we were fully loved and worthy of trust, that we were truly one, not only with each other, but with God. Every cell of my body felt it, knew it, and was completely convinced of it. I felt powerfully called to recommit myself to our shared faith. I began to wonder, could the Transylvanians' faith be not only a gift for them, but also a faith-deepening gift to all of us in North America? For Kinga, this visceral spiritual connection was an everyday occurrence. Did I want to expand my God connection expectations from once in a lifetime to daily? Was I going to opt for ongoing? <laughs> what I felt that winter afternoon in Concord was so powerfully full of promise that it broke through the strident skepticism I had learned in my 1950s Unitarian Sunday School and practiced religiously all my life. Wanting my life to feel more like the faith-filled lives of the Transylvanians, I chose ongoing. We Unitarian Universalists have many different ways of defining God, or as we sometimes put it, of defining not God. It may be nature with a capital N, or a higher power as I define it, or an overarching universal all that is, or the reason-based mysteries of science, the possibilities of an ideal humanity, or Martin Buber's ground of being. Am I saying that in order to be a person of faith, North American UUs need to believe in one of these or some other form of God or the divine? Absolutely not. I'm saying that every UU and every human being needs a grounded, wisely changing faith that guides their life and sustains them in hard times. The Transylvanian Unitarians are Christians, but they are not in any way fundamentalist Christians. Their spiritual path, like ours, rests on freedom, reason, and tolerance. They take the teachings of Jesus as their guide, Jesus the human being, and the radical social activist. They have lived for years as both an oppressed religious minority and an oppressed ethnic minority, and as a result, their social commitment is based on inclusion and tolerance, and their theology is strikingly radical. I first felt the impulse to write about our partnerships because of a Q&A at E&P. I'll explain that. <laughs> It was during a massive snowstorm that grounded 33 North American and seven Transylvanians inside ENP, Elliot and Pickett House, the UUA's bed and breakfast sanctuary for travelers next to the Massachusetts State House. We were at a five-day meeting of partner church networkers. Following our dinner of leftovers prepared without electricity that featured Cocoa Pops for dessert, we held an impromptu Q&A, a question and answer exchange. 
We were relaxed and tired after several days of hard work and a spirited snowball fight, which one of the Transylvanians had declared was a postmodern partnership exchange. The unexpected storm gave us a golden opportunity to get to the heart of things we found hard to understand about each other's theology and congregations and our very different cultures and countries. In the candlelight, the Transylvanians kept returning to one question. We are clear, they said, why partnerships are vitally important to the future of Transylvanian Unitarianism, but we don't understand why you North Americans are so passionately committed to building bridges to connect with us. With all the time and energy partnership work takes up in your busy Western lives, how can working together with us be this important? Why do you use find it so meaningful? Some of our answers centered on an unexpected moment of self-realization. The Americans told stories that ended with, in that moment I saw my life or my work or my faith in a completely new light. Or we had set off as tourists to visit our partners expecting to gain picture postcard memories but returned instead as if from a pilgrimage. Kathy Cordes, who would later become the executive director of the Partner Church Council, spoke about her realization that human encounters are our most precious, econ our most precious currency. Several North American networkers described their surprise that instead of functioning as change agents, they found themselves changed. And I said, I was hungry and this work fed me. My faith was given back to me. But the Transylvanians did not buy it. While the blizzard raged outside, they kept circling back to the same question. They didn't believe that these wake-up experiences of faith or values or priorities could possibly have made such a difference to us. Those of us in the North American part of the circle understood why our partnership work mattered so much, and on that dark snowbound evening, we struggled to explain to them how our partnership experiences had stretched us to face squarely the injustices of economic difference, to honor the role history plays in our day-to-day decision-making, to overcome our ignorance and language limitations, to stop taking many aspects of our North American lives and economy for granted. We North Americans returned home from visiting our partners awake in new ways about ourselves, and our fear and the fears urged on us by our government about global concerns and about our commitments to Unitarian Universalism. Being in partnership had helped us confront the ways we have been living semi-conscious lives and limiting our faith through caution, complacency, or arrogance. These new understandings and commitments lasted long after we shared the stories and photos of our partnership visits with our home congregation members. It made me wonder if any of us spends enough time seriously considering our life experiences, what they have taught us, and how they have redirected the course of our lives. During most Americans' second or third visit to Transylvania, we were broken open 
by not being able to speak Hungarian, which forced us to be more observant, by the stark contrast of oppression and injustice with the natural beauty all around us, by the dramatic sweep of ethnic and religious Unitarian history, and by the hard-won joy and love that pervaded the Transylvanian Unitarians' congregational life. We needed to be cracked open in order to understand the Transylvanian Unitarians' faith and how God is at work in their lives. The Transylvanians have never urged and never expected us to believe in God in the same way they do. They simply carry on their faith-filled lives alongside us, and then we get to experience through them how having such faith-centered lives can enrich and ground and strengthen anyone. For every one of us, each of our visits, whether to the East or to the West, whether as pilgrim or as host, marked a turning point in making new sense out of our own society and our own lives. A deepening faith is only one of the many gifts of our partnership. Because I am a minister, of course, I am especially interested in spiritual development. But other trans um, travelers to Transylvania have become equally passionate about the history of early Unitarianism, about economic injustice, about rural to urban migration in Eastern Europe, and about language and civil rights for ethnic minorities. It seems to me that we North Americans are benefiting the most from the gifts that pass between partners because we North Americans are the ones who are most stuck in our ways who find it much harder to change. We Americans were the ones who needed to become more globally concerned and less internationally isolated, and our partnership work has made that happen. Within our congregations, we need to revamp our rampant individualism and our congregational isolationism, and our partnerships are inspiring us to balance those. We needed to curb our arrogant sense of superiority to Christian faith communities, and our partnered churches have led us to be far more tolerant and appreciative of Christianity. We wanted to give our children the possibilities of living and working and speaking the languages of many countries. The San Jose and Home Road San Martin congregations are not alone in finding concrete ways to help every child of their congregation grow up as globally aware citizens of the world who identify with and are concerned about the peoples of all nations. Last July, the Transylvanians gave out special awards at the beginning of the 20th year of our partnership connections. One of those came to me as the author of Walking in Other Shoes. They also had a special greeting prepared for me at the bishop's office in Koloshvar. When I arrived, they took off their shoes and handed them to me. Then they all broke out laughing. Then, marking the end of the anniversary year at the Charlotte UUA General Assembly last month, the Partner Church Council gave me and the book its Distinguished Service Award. Walking in others' shoes has proved, has turned out to be quite important because it is transforming the expectations as well as the culture shock of our, alleviating the culture shock of our travelers to Transylvania. 
But even more than that, it has helped many UU congregations and individuals reframe and expand their understanding of being in partnership as not only a social action effort, but also as an opportunity to move their faith to the center of their lives. During every visit, the Transylvanians greet me by saying, Ishten Hozot, which means God brought you to us. In the early years, it made me intensely uncomfortable to be seen as a hand of God acting in others' lives. But now I'm more at ease with it. Perhaps all those heartfelt kisses that partners exchange on both cheeks are a symbol of the faith that passes back and forth between us, a burning faith that feels more and more like a kiss from God. <laughs>